Welcome to the Painesville Assembly of God podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this ministry to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending us an email at info at Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. On this Father's Day, and you know, I'm really excited today because I have the opportunity to preach with my son today, and I convinced him to do that, yeah. <laughs> and uh, today's his 18th birthday too, so <laughs> I want to wish him a happy birthday as well. Now, today we were training because how many know that we're in a battle every day? There's a spiritual battle going on every day. I'm not sure if you realize that, recognize that, but there's a spiritual battle, and I don't know about you. But I'm tired of seeing so many people get pushed around by the enemy. I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing the church and and believers get pushed around by the enemy. He's a thief. He's an enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he robs us of the abundant life that's been promised us through Christ Jesus. So today, I'm sensing that some of you too, as you kind of indicate, are getting sick and tired of being pushed around too. I, I, I believe that there's some of you today that it's time. You're sensing that it is time to fight back. And maybe it's you got a habit to break. Maybe you've got a relationship that you've got to try uh, to mend. Maybe today that, that there's a habit that you, you, you need to start, or maybe there's a debt you need to eliminate. Maybe there's a temptation you continue to just continually give into, and you know what? Today you say, I need the power of Jesus Christ working in and through my life, the power of His Holy Spirit, and it's time to fight back, and it's time to conquer in Jesus' name. So today, we've entitled this message, Warrior. We've entitled this message, Warrior. Are there any warriors in the house today? Come on, you can grunt, right? Yeah, warriors. We went axe throwing yesterday to get our warrior before we came in and, uh, and preached today. But today, we're going to talk to men because it's, it's Father's Day, but I think this is a message that relates to everybody today. But specifically, we're going to be hitting some things that really, that really are to encourage and to challenge men to rise up as a warrior and be the man of God that, that he's called you to be. Now, I, you know, as a man, we're called to be powerful. You know, are we called to be powerful? Sometimes we get mixed messages. Yes, be powerful, be a warrior. Sometimes it's like, no, you need to calm down. You need to be gentle. You know what I'm talking about? Are we supposed to be strong? Or are we supposed to be weak? In fact, when you look at Jesus, you know, as I was kind of growing up in church, sometimes you look at Jesus, you think, well, he was kind of weak, kind of meek and, and mild. You know, he's a guy that was good with sheep and good with kids. Uh, you know, he's full of love and full of mercy and his grace. But you know what? Jesus was one of the greatest warriors of all time. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. We're going to look at the nature of God. We're going to look at Jesus, the warrior. And then we're going to take a look at the Old Testament, and we're going to take a look at a warrior in the Old Testament that was a little bit hesitant uh, and had some fear that he had to kill an inner coward inside of him today. So let's get started this morning. So as we look at the nature of God, what I think that we all love about God is that you can't just put him in a box. In the Bible, he's called a shelter. He's called your hiding place. He's called a great fortress. He's called your rock, but he's also called warrior. Now, Exodus 15.3 says, the Lord is a warrior, the Lord is his name. This was written right after the Israelites had been freed from Egyptian slavery and saw the mighty power of God through the plagues and the parting of the Red Sea. They saw God's power to deliver their enemies and they declared, the Lord is a warrior, the Lord is his name. Now, how about Jesus? Jesus, who was full of mercy and compassion, could put up a spiritual fight as well. In Matthew 10, 34, it says, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. 
I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. In fact, there's this really, really powerful story of Jesus in Luke's gospel. Luke 4, when Jesus was teaching in Nazareth and the crowd didn't like his message, they thought he was blasphemous. So this mob of angry people charged at him. They were going to try to push him off the edge of the cliff. And what's so cool about this is Luke says is that Jesus turned and he looked at the crowd. And when he turned, the crowd parted and they walked away. That's a warrior right now, right there. We don't know why the crowd parted. Maybe it was the look in his eye. But whatever it was, when the whole crowd was going to push him off the cliff, he turned and looked and they parted and they got out of his way. And ultimately, Jesus won and fought the most important battle in the history of the world. When Jesus was obedient to God the Father, he gave his life on the cross, defeating hell, sin, and the grave. He is the greatest warrior of all time. Amen. Amen. And when this warrior, the Son of God, returns, we see John had a vision of him while he was exiled to the island of Padmos. It's recorded in Revelation 19.11. He says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and wages the world. So John goes on to describe what he saw. He says his eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. Coming out of his mouth is this sharp sword, which it strikes the nations. On his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is the soon returning conquering king and a warrior who wins every battle that he fights. Now, I don't know about you, but when a guy who comes raised from the dead with a robe dipped in blood and a white horse, I want to be on that warrior's team. (laughs) Amen. Friends, as we've been saying, Jesus is a warrior. And you know what? Scripture says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and I. Do you believe that? The same spirit that raised... So if Jesus was a warrior, that same spirit that raised him from the dead lives inside of us, and God wants us to take our stand in his power to defeat the enemy and those enemies that attack us, to rise up and to take hold of the promises of God for our lives. Now, I want to run down quickly three battles. Three battles that every warrior is called to fight. The first is God has given every warrior someone to protect. Now, if I go back to the Old Testament, there was a time, in, uh, a guy by the name of Nehemiah. Nehemiah had been called to, to help go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the wall. But not everybody there was on board with the work that Nehemiah was doing. In fact, there were some guys, Sambalot and Tobiah, and, uh, and these guys were hurling insults. They were falsely accusing. They were trying everything they could to stop the work of God. And, uh, and Nehemiah stands up and he kind of, man, has this brave heart moment. You know what I'm talking about? He, he's just tired of the enemy. He's tired of Sambalot and Tobiah. He's rallying the troops. He has this brave heart moment. And in Nehemiah 4.14, this is what he says. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, for your sons, for your daughters, for your wives, and for your homes. Come on, can you get that? Fight, come on. Someone to protect. 
Listen, we are, we are fighting against the enemy because there's someone that God has given us to protect. Some of us in here, men, you need to rise up. God has given a wife for you to protect. He's given you a daughter to protect. He's given you a son to protect. He's given you a home to protect. God is also calling us today because we need to take a stand for purity and stop compromising. We need to fight for righteousness. Friends, God has given you someone to protect. And I think one of the travesties is particularly men, that sometimes we haven't always fought. We haven't always stood our ground to protect those that God has called us to protect. Too many times there have been uh, women who have been taken advantage of by men, and there's been nobody there to protect them. It should not happen. There, there have been times where we need to stand up for justice, and we haven't stood our ground. Not only physically does God want us to stand, not only physically does God want us to protect the physical nature, but the emotional nature of the heart as well. I'm not just called to protect my wife, Jamie, and my daughter, Olivia. I'm not just called to protect them physically. I think physically we stand up, yeah, somebody comes against them, I'm going to fight. But are you protecting their heart by your purity? Are you protecting their heart by your integrity? Can you walk in such a way that they don't have to question where your eyes have been? Question your loyalty. It's awfly quiet in here now. 2 Samuel 10, 12 says, Be strong and let us fight bravely for our people and the cities of our God. The Lord will do what is good in his sight. Not only does God call us to battle and give us someone to protect, but also he's given you a kingdom to advance. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, when Jesus called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority, look at this, to drive out demons, to cure diseases. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Friends, you've got a kingdom to advance. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, we're to seek first what? The kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, right? The kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. We're told to pray. This is how you ought to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. There is a kingdom to advance. It is the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said this, I give you the keys to the kingdom, that whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Friends, you've got a kingdom to advance. You've got a ministry. You, are, you have a contribution. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. He said, you're my ambassadors. You know what that means? That's the highest diplomat that God sent from heaven to earth to show his love. You and I are conduits of God's love. We're conduits. We are ambassadors of his love. He's given us gifts, talents, passion. We've been saved by grace, yet he prepared us to do good works in advance. That's what he has for us, good works in advance that he's prepared for us to do. Thirdly, God has given you a battle to win. This is what David said in Psalm 144.1. Praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war. Do you see that? Trains my hands for war. Why? Because there's a spiritual battle that is going on every single day, and God is calling for some warriors to win that battle. There are battles to win. Now listen, Christianity is not a playground, friend. It's a battleground. It's not a playground. It's a battleground. I don't know if you get that or not. It's not a battle against flesh and blood. Too many times we're fighting these physical battles. But no, it's about principalities and powers in high places. We need to recognize that there are battles that we face and we cannot forget who the real enemy is. In your marriage, your enemy is not your wife. In your family, your enemy is not your kids. Your enemy is Satan who comes to divide who does everything he can to get you to sin and get together before you get married and then everything to keep you apart afterwards. He brings division. 
Make no mistake about it, we are in a spiritual battle, not a physical battle, and the weapons that we wage in our warfare, they are not, they, they, are, they are mighty to pull down strongholds. They're not carnal, they're spiritual to the pulling down of strongholds so that we can protect those who, who God is calling us to protect, so that we can advance God's kingdom, so we can win the battle that he's calling us to win. Victory just isn't about what you conquer later. Victory is about being obedient today. And we see that with Jesus, the greatest warrior of all time. Yes, we look and he, he was victorious when he gave his life on the cross and when he rose from the dead. I don't want to deny that, but let me tell you something. It started way before that. It started when Jesus was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness and the enemy came to tempt him. And the enemy said, listen, you don't have to follow God's plan. You can take the easy road. You can, you can do it right now and I'll give it all to you. But he fasted and he prayed and it was there when he was obedient, fasting and praying that he said, no, 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 not my my will, but your will be done. I'm going to advance the kingdom of God. Victory isn't what we accomplish somewhere later in the future. It's being faithful and obedient today. Jesus was victorious when there was a woman who was broken and hurting, thrown before him in an angry mob, and he, he stood he stood before her and he stood up for her. That's when he was victorious. He was victorious when he went into the temple and he started overthrowing tables and he said, listen, 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 my father's house is a place that was meant for worship. It's not meant for your selfish gain. Jesus was victorious in the garden when he knelt down and when he prayed and the enemy was saying, you don't have to go through with this. You don't have to go through with this. And he began to sweat drops of blood and said, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will be done but yours. Why? Because there was a kingdom to advance. He was obedient then. He was obedient when he was beaten, when he was whipped, when he was insulted, when he was there dying, and he could have called legions from heaven down to show a warrior, but a warrior is not just somebody that throws, that calls legions down. A warrior is somebody that says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he was a warrior when he said, it is finished. It is finished. In other words, every moment, Every day, being faithful and obedient to God, that's what victory, that's what brings victory. Now I want to turn our attention to a warrior that I think most of us can relate to. He's one that we would call the hesitant warrior, and his name is Gideon. You can find his story in the Old Testament in the book of Judges in chapter 6. And just to give you a little context here, he was one of the Israelites. And the Israelites were afraid of this evil power called the Midianites, who for seven years ravaged the Israelites' land, burned their homes, and killed their entire families. And so Gideon and his people were very afraid and scared for their lives. And in fact, sometimes I think I can relate to Gideon because if you'll notice, there are parts of him where he was very courageous, but there are also parts of him where he was full of fear. There were times when he showed bravery and courage, and there were other times when he wavered and would retreat. You can re read the beginning of this story in Judges 6:11. It tells us the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak tree in Orphra that belonged to Joash the Abizurite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, "The Lord is with you, mighty warrior." Now, what does that mean? He was threshing wheat in a wine press. Well, you would never thresh wheat in a wine press unless you were afraid of the Midianites. And that's what he was doing. He was hiding. And what scripture says is he was threshing wheat in the wine press to keep it from the Midianites. And then the angel went to speak to him. And I love what the angel said. 
the angel said, not at all what Gideon feels about himself. The angel appeared to him and he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And what I want us to get here is that the Lord is with you, mighty warriors. Whether you feel like he's with you or not, he's with you. Whether you feel like you're full of courage or not, you're a mighty warrior because the Lord sees more in you than you see in yourself. Amen. And what's interesting to me about this moment is that the Lord says to him, you have the heart of a warrior. Immediately, his insecurities, his inner fears, and his self-doubt start to arise. That's why we call him the hesitant warrior. Now, if you're anything like Gideon and you find yourself occasionally full of faith, but often full of fear and you hesitate, we have three truths for every hesitant warrior. And the first truth is every warrior must fight their inner fear of failure. Every time you go into battle, you may feel partially prepared and partially afraid. Every warrior must fight their inner fear of failure. The angel says to him, you're a mighty warrior. And then the Lord turned to him and said in verse 14, that go in the strength that you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. Am I not sending you? In other words, guess what? You've got someone to protect. You have a kingdom to advance and you have a battle to win. I prepared you, you're equipped, you're a mighty warrior, you're ready. But instead of saying, yes, Lord, we get a different answer from Gideon. He says, but Lord. He says, but Lord, let me give you all the reasons why I'm not good enough. He says, my clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord says, I've given you everything you need. Go in the strength that you have. But Gideon replies, but Lord, I'm not good enough. Isn't this the same thing that we see often happens to us? Doesn't God call us to maybe speak to somebody or to do something? He's prompting us. But yet we say, but Lord, instead of yes, Lord. We say, but Lord, I don't know what to say. But Lord, what if they say no? But what God's telling us is he's saying, but I'm sending you, but I'm for you, and but I prepared you. But in the end, we always say, but I'm not good enough. You see, every warrior struggles and fights their inner fear of failure. I think as men too, our security tends to evaporate with our last accomplishment. Everything in culture says, what did you shoot today? What did you produce today? What did you earn today? What did you do today? We get programmed that we're only worth our last accomplishment. This is why fear of failure is so widespread. So how do you fight this fear of failure? Well, if you notice when God speaks to Gideon, he calls him a mighty warrior. I think this gives us a look into God's view of Gideon. But Gideon, he has developed this own view of himself. And that's what's interesting to me about Gideon's excuses. You see, if we really look at them, we see that they don't sound like Gideon. They sound like echoes of past voices that they've heard. You see, nobody says those things about themselves. Rather, they have heard it about themselves first. You see, oftentimes our fear is developed through what we've heard of others about ourselves. So to defeat this, I think it really comes down to which voice are you listening to? Because when you're listening to those voices that are negative, you're always going to fail. But when you listen to God's voice, you'll see that you are a mighty warrior through him. See, if Gideon had just listened to God sooner, he would have realized that he was the mighty warrior and that he could do this. This is why it's so important to pay attention to what voice you're listening to. Ephesians 2.10 says, God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, 
God made us do good works, which he planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. Secondly, in Christ, you have everything you need to fight and win. Did you hear me? In Christ, you have everything you need. In fact, every word of that statement is important. Why? Because so many times we don't recognize we have everything we need. Half the time, we can't even find our own car keys. I mean, let's just be honest. (laughs) But in Christ, he says, listen, I've given you everything you need to fight and win the battles that are before you. And as Gideon was battling his own inner demons and failures and insecurities, this is what it says in Judges 6.14. I want to read it again. The Lord turned to him, that's Gideon, and said this, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? He says, go in the strength you have. He's not asking him to go in any other strength. He says, the strength that you have, I've already given you strength. 2 Peter 1.3, this is what Peter said, Jesus has the power of God by which he has given us everything we need to live and serve God. Everything we need. I hope you understand that God has given you someone to protect, a kingdom to advance, a battle to win, and he's given you everything you need. Your strength is found in Christ to win every battle and to gain the victory. How do I know this? Because Paul is talking in Ephesians chapter 6, and he says about putting on the full armor of God. And when you do that, listen, you find that you have spiritual weapons of divine power for the pulling down of strongholds. What do you have? You have the helmet of salvation. When the enemy starts to whisper and say, you know what, you're not good enough. You haven't earned your salvation. You're not good enough. You say, no, I'm saved by grace. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I've got the helmet of salvation to prepare my mind from the doubts the enemy would try to plant. Come on, friends. The breastplate of righteousness. Come on, the breastplate of, your righteousness is not found in you or your goodness or your perfection. We all fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. But it's our righteousness is found where? In Christ. The shield of faith to quench every fiery dart of the evil one. The sword of the spirit, which is the living word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. We've got the belt of truth. We've got the shoes of peace prepared with the readiness of the gospel. And get this, you can pray in the spirit on all occasions. Come on. Why? Because we get to go to the throne room of grace, right? Boldly, it says. Boldly. To find what? Help in our time of need. You have everything you need in Christ Jesus. You need to get this. Too many times we hesitate. Too many times we cower. Why? Because we take our eyes off the power of Christ and we put our eyes on ourselves and our own resources. That happened to Gideon. God says, Gideon, go and fight. Go and fight, but what you don't know is, is that Gideon's own brother was murdered by the Midianites, so he had a reason to be afraid. There was a reason to be afraid. But God says, listen, I've given you what it takes. But Gideon says he starts to rally together after a little bit of bargaining with God. He rallies together, and he goes, well, I got 32,000 troops, but they got so much more. I don't think I have enough. And God says, listen, you got too many. <laughs> what? I got 32,000. God says, you got too many. You got too many. Hey, that, that's too many. What do you mean that's too many? Because he wants to teach him something. Look at this, Judges 7, 2. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Listen, the battle was not going to be won by Gideon's own strength or by the power of his army. The, Gideon, the battle was going to be won in the strength of the Lord that he was already had given Gideon. And listen, the battles that we face, the strength that we have is only going to be found when we recognize the power of God that is within you and I. God says in Judges 7.3, now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave from Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left and 10,000 remain. 
So Gideon thought, man, I got 32,000. I don't know if I can win with that. And God said, tell, them, tell those who are afraid to go home. And 22,000 is already down to 10. Down to 10. And God says, that's still too many. <laughs> that's still too many. I want you to, to do this little test. Go down the river, see how they drink. If they scoop it up with their hands or if they get down and lick like dogs, then you're going to send part of them home. And by the time this whole thing was done, he was down to 300. 300. And he thought, man, there is no possible way. There's no possible way. But that's because of the next step that we learn. The way forward often starts with steps backwards. In order to win the war, sometimes a warrior has to be willing to first lose a battle. So what I want us to do is to go back to the story of Gideon. Gideon has 32,000 men and God stripped him down to only 300. Because the way forward had to start with steps backwards. In order for God to show up strong in our battles, we must recognize that God uses our weaknesses. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. God is strong when we are weak. And I think too many times we think of this in reverse. God is strong when I am strong. But that's not how it works. You see, God was getting Gideon out of his own way. Gideon's strength couldn't get the job done, but God's could. It may have looked like steps backwards for Gideon, but it was steps forward for God. That's why we need to be prepared to let God take control of our situation. Now, after some bargaining with God, God tells Gideon, here is your battle plan. You're going to take your 300 warriors and you're going to go out with trumpets, with jars or pitchers. And I want you to blow your horn, blow the trumpet really loud and throw the jars down and trust in me. Now, it doesn't sound like a very good plan to me. I mean, I would rather have maybe some machine guns, maybe some missiles, God. Maybe I would rather have that 50,000 men, maybe 100,000. But God says, take your 300, lead the band with the horns, throw your jars down with all your strength. Judges 7.21 tells us they did exactly what God told them to do. And while each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran crying out as they fled. Now I want to ask you a question. When did God's people start to advance? They advanced when they stood their ground and they held fast when they didn't cower and when they didn't retreat. When did they move forward? When they had the faith to stand their ground. Were they afraid? Yeah, they were afraid. Gideon was afraid with 32,000 men. He only has 300 now and no weapons. You see, what I want you to understand from this is our greatest victories and our greatest fears often go hand in hand. In other words, when you engage in the battle, you can feel the fear, but you fight anyways. You fight anyways because you have the heart of a warrior. You have someone to protect. You have a kingdom to advance and you have a... Um, a battle to win. The fear may never go away, but neither will the spirit of the warrior. Every warrior's greatest fear is failure, but every warrior's greatest pain is regret. Good word. Good don't word. regret. Don't disengage. Don't abandon your post. You see, you have someone to protect. You have a kingdom to advance, and you have a battle to win. You don't want to die with those regrets. And you know what? You don't have to die with those regrets. Because Ephesians 6, as we said, talks about spiritual warfare. Put on the full armor of God so that you can, look at this, take your stand. They didn't have to advance. They had to take their stand. Oftentimes, we need to just stand. Stand what? Against the devil's schemes. Stand in the mighty power 
of the Lord in his strength and his might. When you've done everything else, it says stand. There are some of you that need to stand. You just need to take your stand. The power doesn't come from advancing. You look and you say, I don't have the power. I can't do it. I'm weak. I I can't do it. And God says, you stand in my strength because I've given you everything you need to win this battle. I've given you everything you need to take a stand to protect. I've given everything you need for this battle to win. The strength that I've given you is already inside of you, mighty warrior. And God is looking for some mighty warriors this Father's Day. God is looking for some mighty warriors. Men, God is looking for some mighty warriors to stand up and say, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of getting pushed around by the enemy. I'm going to take my stand in the strength of, of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to take my stand. I'm tired of getting pushed around. I've got a battle to win. I'm not getting pushed around anymore. Women, there are some of you, you, you you're just tired. You're tired, but you know what? God has given you the strength. It is time to find your strength in Him. Time to find your power in Him. And I want to ask you, are you ready? Are you ready to take your stand as a mighty warrior? I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And we're going to close just in a time of worship because that's how we do battle. We do battle through on our knees. We do battle in worship. We do battle when we begin to look up and see that God is bigger than our greatest fear. That God is bigger than than any of our weaknesses, that in our weakness, He is made strong. And God is looking for some mighty warriors today who are ready to do battle and take a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's begin to, let's pray right now. Let's just begin to bow our heads. Let's begin to pray. Father, we just ask you right now to stir in our hearts courage. We ask you, Lord, right now to stir in our hearts the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, to help us to overcome the enemy, that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by your Spirit, O God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead that lives inside of us. We call on you today to stir in us a courage that we will take our stand because you've given us someone to protect. You've given us, Lord, a kingdom to advance, and you've given us, Lord, a battle to win. Father, we call on you today. And I'm going to ask right now, as we're in the middle of this prayer, if you say, you know what, I need to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I have not received Christ, and I know that the battle, winning the battle, begins when I surrender my life to Christ. And if that's you today, I want to invite you just to pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you right now to come into my life. I choose to put my faith in you, and I ask you to forgive me of my sin my flaws and my failures. I ask you to come into my life and to make me strong in you. I surrender my life to you, knowing that you will give me victory over sin, death, and the grave. I place my faith in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are encouraged and strengthened by God's word. For more information about Painesville Assembly of God, please visit PainesvilleAG.com.